And welcome back. This is Real Estate Radio. I'm Jason Stubbs. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we're on iTunes. Search us. Real Estate Radio, Jason Stubbs. Click subscribe. You can check us out right there. Um, for all of you who listen to Central Texas right here on Talk 1370, we're here every Sunday at noon trying to bring you a little bit of uh, a little bit of knowledge, a little advice, and kind of help you navigate through your next real estate transaction. Um, joined by Mike Price, Senior Loan Officer, uh, NRL Mortgage, Sean Finnegan, uh, my right-hand man, my partner, uh, NRL Mortgage, and Matt Lesper sitting in with uh 1836 Property Management. We also got Stephen Pivach with Pivach Properties. We got one more for you guys. Don't go anywhere. We've got, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about new construction and the ability to be able to purchase new construction as an investment property. Um, I mean, I'm going to open up to you guys. I mean, we got two agents in here. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, is there opportunity to be able to hop in there and purchase a new construction home as an investment property? In a word, yes. I like that. Yep. Nice and simple. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's, it's like any, you know, when it comes to investment property, whether it's new construction, resale, or whatever you want to call it, everything comes down to the same thing. And that is ROI. And that is the black and white. And so if it, if it makes sense on paper from an ROI standpoint, um, and ROI isn't just a matter of what's my payment and what is my profit, you know, when new construction, other things come into play, for example, it's a brand new house. And so there's going to be less deferred maintenance on it. For example, they come with warranties. Every builder for the most part has a one-year bumper to bumper. So that's pretty much anything. Then you've got your 5, 10, 15-year warranties on plumbing, foundation, electrical. And so sometimes you can look at those and say, you know what, my ROI is going to be a little adjusted, not just on my profit every single month, but also on what the profit is going to be for the hold for me, if it's a five-year hold, 10-year hold, so on and so forth. I've actually had several clients in the last year and a half, not before then it was a while. It was before the, before the, the downturn, obviously. But the last 18 months, I've had a couple of clients come in and purchase some new construction uh, properties for investment. And the challenge with that too is, okay, renting it out while the builder's still building out in there, that's always a question or a concern. And my clients who have done that have all been successful. They're all hitting the goals that they wanted to hit. But it, like anything else, whether it's new construction or resale, it all depends on that neighborhood in the black and white, if it makes sense. What about, I guess the biggest concern that I've heard or I've seen, like you said, in a neighborhood that's not done yet, right? Let's say, let's use Sweetwater, right? Mm-hmm. They're still going to build, what, another 500, 600 homes in there something or something like that? Like yeah. that? Okay. And, different, and different product types too. So how much harder does it make it to resell that house until build out is comp- totally done? I mean, is it is it really probably not the best idea until the neighborhood's completely built to out? To resell the house until the neighborhood's completely built Because obviously, right, you're going to be, you're going to be competing with mm-hmm. brand new down the road. You know, I can pick out my cabinets. I can, you know, versus. Sure. Versus resale. Very good question. And it's, that's always something when you have a, a buyer looking for new construction, that's one of the things you always want to bring up as a realtor is say, you know, how long do you plan on being there? It's always the million dollar question. Nobody really knows, but it's always safe to tell them, look, in a new construction neighborhood, depending on the market and depending on what happens in the next two to three years, when you go to sell your house, we can sell it, but be prepared that it may take a little longer and depending on the market. So for example, let's say in 2005, you bought a house from a home builder anywhere. Let's say you pay $300,000. Well, in 2006, still being built out, things crash, things go down. Builders are starting to discount the heck out of their houses, 20, 30, sometimes $40,000. Then you're in a problem trying to resale, not because you're necessarily competing, competing as builders, but because you now have negative equity in your house because the comparable market has now been set. I saw that in some neighborhoods and some people were kind of stuck in the houses. But in general, particularly right now, it's, it's, you know, Sweetwater is a good example. There are a lot of other neighborhoods out there, Rough Hollow, uh, Bella Colinas, West Cypress Hills. You see a lot of resales happening because the amount of appreciation that's been happening the last few years has driven builder costs up enough to where a resale person could come in and say, hey, 
you're still getting my house at a great price. The way we pitch it in our firm is you're getting a like new house at a resale price. Lightly used. Yeah, but if you're investing in real estate, this is a long game. I mean, you're not buying options on a stock that's going to go up mm -hmm. tomorrow. Yeah, for most people. So, I mean, if you're not looking past three years, that's the transaction cost right there. You, you've got to be looking down the road and planning ahead. So I can't imagine getting into one of these newer neighborhoods uh, that won't give you the problems of some of the resale homes and uh, trying to bail in, in two years. I, I just, um, that's kind of counterproductive. So you, you've got to look at five years down the road if you're investing in real estate anyway. What about another one I know? What about, uh, it, I, and I've seen it, I've had a couple of clients in the past, you know, if you're going in, like you said, if you know they've got three houses left in the, in the neighborhood and you go in there as an investor and want two, you should buy all three. If you can afford it, right? Yeah, obviously. If, I mean, how much more leverage or what, how much better of a deal can you get if you're going to come in or let's say, okay, I'll buy two and Michael buy one. We go in there, you know, we go in there with our agent and, and you say, Hey, I got two guys that'll buy your last three houses. Mm -hmm. How much more leverage or what kind of deals are they generally willing to work out in situations like that? Usually. And I love those words. Usually depends. You know, they're very yeah. great. It's not always, you're right. You usually, don't ever use the word always. Usually you've got good leverage because you know, sometimes the last couple of lots in a development, you know, maybe even include the model, um, depending on how savvy the builder was when they developed that, or really with how savvy the builder was when they bought the land, honestly, because that's where it all starts. You know, they may not be the most uh, attractive houses or attractive lots in the neighborhood. So sometimes the reason they're still sitting is because they've got something wrong with them. They back to the railroad tracks or I don't know, there's a meth lab behind them. You never know. <laughs> um and in so those cases, they will be obviously willing to deal a little bit. And if you if you if you're one agent or if you're one investor coming in there wanting to do all three, it's like buying anything else. If you're going to buy in bulk, you always get a discount. I shouldn't say always depends. And I say depends usually. Uh, usually, I'll give you a really <laughs> good example. There's a neighborhood called Ladera out in the um, West Austin Ladera, area, yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in Bee Cave, and that was a Taylor Morrison community. It, it blew up overnight. I mean, the price point went up in there went up like crazy within like the, the two and a half three year build out there, and they had a couple of houses left and close out. And I walked in there and I had a client who was ready to pay cash and I did what I usually do. And, and, they pay, and it was one of the only times in my career with new construction in that situation, they kind of looked at me and said, yeah, no, we, we don't care. We, this thing will sell in the next three weeks, four weeks. And I knew they were right. And that's exactly what happened. So that happened. That's why I don't use the word always, but it is rare. And in this market right now, the way things are going, the situation you just posed, somebody going in there, taking two or three off the market and a closeout, yeah, leverage all day long. Without a doubt, guys, this is Real Estate Radio. Uh, if you're just tuning in, if you want to get in this conversation, uh, give us a ring, 512-640-9610. You can also shoot a text. Um, we've got uh, lots of folks in here. got a full packed house here. But, uh, um, you know, we're talking new construction. We're talking about is there an ability to, to be able to purchase new construction as an investment. And I mean, can you guys answer this? I mean, a lot of these models, a lot of these home builders are out there and they build the model and investors will purchase that thing and lease it back. Explain how that works. It's a great idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a great idea. I haven't managed any of those because they're doing that in-house. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's, I mean, what, what we've seen basically is, is you got a model and you put it out yeah. there and what they're doing is they, they you, I mean, you, you agree on a sale price, right? But if you're an investor and you want to hit those, those builders up and say, hey, look, I'm going to buy your model and then I'm going to lease it back to you. And then I'm sure that, that you know, future uh, appreciation is, is, is discussed in there. But the benefit is, is, you know, you get to lock that price in uh, now and you've got a renter in there for That's, what a year and a half. Two the years, nail on the head. Years. Now, a lot of time you're getting the best options in that. You model saw too. they're putting of, all the, all the, yeah, all the well, bells and whistles. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the package. And, and you saw nowadays more builders are actually steering away from that 
because they realize the loss they're taking. Oh, it's, it's huge. It, 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 they're finally How figuring it out. How bad do you want your money back? Well, that's what it was. So it was a no-brainer, especially in some of the entry-level um, uh, communities out there. Um, like let's say up in Dallas, you know, 10 years ago, you could buy a house for $115,000. The model might right. cost you 140. You can come in there and like Sean was saying, they're completely loaded. They have every bell and whistle in there. And in, depending how big the neighborhood is, you've got a solid tenant for three to four years paying yeah. you top dollar. They're going to take care of everything. So you don't have to worry about it. And then when it's all said and done, you've got three to four years of appreciation. You can resell it. You can continue to rent it out. Either way, you've got the best house in the neighborhood. Very possibly furnished as well. Absolutely. I mean, hey, they will furniture. sell it furnished because they at, will sell at, at three to four years, I mean, that those, I mean, they're ready to upgrade again. Builders will sell the furniture. So if you want to continue to hold on to that model, you can just go in and say, hey, before you open the furniture up to your salespeople, we'll, we'll buy everything. For those you. couches aren't form fitted to you yet. They're not, they're not no. taking them there. No. You know, if you got a, uh, so you have a client, this is a good question for you, Matt, it, it, that is looking at new construction um, and wants to buy it as an investment but needs the lease in place to qualify for financing. Is there a way for them to get the property lease prior to closing, or is there any way to put anything in place um, to kind of help that qualification process? If it's a new home, their best adjustable part of that that variable is the price to get it leased. Mm -hmm. um, timing of the year. Really, you guys were talking about new home neighborhoods. They're pretty easy to lease. Who doesn't want to live in a new home? Right. Um, yeah. I don't know of a way. I'm, I'm sure there are some ways that may not be all above board, but we have people come to us all the time and go, I need a lease in place. And we're like, well, you don't own it yet. You can't lease right. something you don't own. Right. So there, there is definitely a legal timeline to follow. Mm. I'm not sure that everybody does that, but that would be the proper procedure and you should have a month or two of reserves anyway, at bare minimum, if you're getting into this. Yeah. Without a doubt, guys, well, we got to cut it right there. Um, this is Real Estate Radio. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Matt Lesper, 1836 Property Management, Pivotch, Stephen Pivotch, Pivotch Properties, Mike Price, Sean Finnegan. I'm Jason Stubbs. This is Real Estate Radio. Check us out on iTunes, Facebook, Real Estate Radio, Jason Stubbs. Be back next week. See you.